Hey, Mike here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Dark Poutine early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome to Dark Poutine. It has been a really long time. It has. Many, uh, many weeks. It, many weeks, uh, three. Well, since the last episode, but many more since we've recorded. Yeah, because we were smart and got ahead of our recording. Tis correct. Tis correct. I'm Mike Brown, creator and host. With me, as usual, is my good friend and co-host, Scott Hemingway. Hello, everybody. Hello, Scott. So I was away. Were you? This is news to me. It is not news to you because you probably enjoyed yourself without my Wait, irritation. Where did you go? I like this is a, I, this is all. I, I drove to Nova Scotia and back. No, oh, so no big deal. Just Only, a little jaunt. Just 16,000 kilometers on our new car. <laughs> is it new anymore? It still smells new. Does it really? Well, knowing some, you, some, uh, I would question. The smell part. Well, there is that, but there's some pizza maybe smelling. <laughs> but I had a good time. Good. This is a bonus episode, so this isn't going to be your usual. Let's get into a case and and do that kind of thing right away, because I I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about my trip because it really had a, a big impact on me. And you literally just got back. Yeah, and I literally just got back, so I haven't had time to write another episode. I did write one while I was on the road about being on the road, but it was really boring. So I decided <laughs> I decided not to record it all by myself. I called it a scot-free killer tour. Yeah. Which is actually kind of an, a great name. And Oh, I love it, actually. Scot-free. Because yeah. it's an expression. Right, exactly. It's an expression, plus... It's double entendre. I was know? free of you. Correct. So it works out great. Yes, for both of us. Yeah. Let's get to it. What are we getting to? <laughs> yeah, put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double and an Enimo bar. It's time to scarf down some dark poutine. Before I get into my travel story, I want to say most of this podcast is actually going to be an interview with Jack Luna from the Dark Topic podcast. And I met Jack uh, for the first time in person at the Canadian True Crime podcast meetup in Toronto in July. I can't believe it was like in July. (laughs) That was over a month ago. Yeah, we're nearing the end of August. Anyway, so... On my way back home, I stopped in at Jack's place in Manitoba, and we had a great conversation about creativity, podcasting, personal darkness. We got into a bit of my story again and and some of his story. It was very interesting, so I kind of cracked Jack Luna open like an egg. Oh, good. And you know what? He's a good egg. Aww. Yeah, he's he's a good egg. Good segue. Carol didn't like his sunglasses that he wore at the... Well, were they nice sunglasses? Well, they were they were mirrory sunglasses. 
Sound, sounds cool to me. But uh, he said it was because the lights were really bright in there, and they were. Up on that stage was terrible. Uh, maybe he's a big Corey Hart fan as well. Canadian. Oh, I know what I'm doing. You do know what you're doing. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Carol's former boss, Bruce, grew up with Corey Hart. Whoa. They were older than Corey Hart. Okay. So what they would do is hold Corey Hart down and fart on his head. So I know somebody who has farted on Corey Hart's head. Like I feel, I feel sorry for Corey. Like I feel like I need to defend Corey Hart. Well, it could be where like uh, songs like Eurasian Eyes came from. <laughs> could be. I don't know. Could be because that's a terrible song. It wasn't bad. I liked it. <sighs> it wasn't his his top. No, but I still enjoyed it. There you go. Yeah, the the first thing that we really did was that Toronto meetup. So I drove through the states. I didn't feel super comfortable in the states. I uh, for the very first time, I didn't really feel welcome there, which was interesting. I'm not sure what that was. Maybe it was me sort of projecting, but yeah, it's always a possibility. I yeah. did. We, we do that as humans. Yeah, and I did feel that uh, there was far too many uh, references to Trump in the positive. <laughs> <laughs> as as I was driving, really, like I would eh? see, you know, signs about it, and then you know, uh, a newspaper article like at a hotel uh, saying he's doing such a great job, and it, it was it's very odd hmm. because the media that we see yeah. is 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 diametrically opposed to that. Yeah. Also, I saw just tweeted a picture of it, just a sign that just said Trump. Someone had taken the letters on an old sign and taken everything else off and just wrote the word Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, I guess you probably were going through a lot of rural country. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah so. North Dakota. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. I was thinking about all the murders and stuff. This is what the episode that I was going to do was going to be about. I drove past uh, Lake Sammamish where Ted Bundy took the two girls. Jeez, yeah. Just literally right down the road is where he had the dump sites. It wasn't hard for him to get from one place to the other quickly. Hmm. I stayed in Spokane where Keith Hunter Jesperson, the Happy Face Killer's family, lived. Hmm. I drove through Missoula, Montana, where the Missoula Mahler hmm. is from. And then I went to the Deer Lodge, yes. Montana State Prison there. Yes. And that was pretty cool. This is where it's debated that the Zodiac may have spent some time. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do it. Your little footy prints may have been where the Zodiac's footy prints were. Interestingly, when I walked into one room, they had a whole room plastered with missing posters of children. And it was very disturbing. Jeez. It was dark in there. But there was all these miss missing posters of kids, and the one that was like right in front of you as you walk in is Michael Dunahy. Oh, really? Yeah. And so here I am in Montana. Wow. Thousand, like literally over a thousand miles away. And that, I mean, it, it was a big case. It, it got a lot of, you know, it was on America's Most Wanted a few times, but 20 years later, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think it's still up in... Yeah, it's a fresh poster that mm. is, is there. And for those uh, who aren't uh, local to BC, it was a, a little boy who... Uh, how old was he? Four or I something? I think he was four. Uh, went missing in... Was it Nanaimo or Victoria? Victoria Anyways, it was cl close to close to here. He went missing uh, while in the playground with his parents, and he just... And so it was a... If you want more detail, actually, Robin Warder of The Trail Went Cold uh, just released a, mm. a two-part episode of two kid, two BC kids who have gone yeah. missing, and Michael Dunahy is one. 
It was one of the, it was probably one of the biggest missing children cases in in BC that I can remember anyway. Absolutely, I got to see some cool things. I recorded a bunch of stuff with my um, dash cam mm-hmm. that I bought before we left, and uh, I recorded a car fire outside of Chicago. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost drove into Plainfield, Wisconsin. And do you know where that who lived there? Ed Gein. Oh, I was going to go drive by oh. and see and just knock on doors and say, can you show me Ed's house? Oh, I think it's demolished. Oh, yeah, I know. It. I know far. it's demolished, but I, I just like, show me the, the plot where it used to be. I'm not a creep. Once I got in back into Canada, I was pretty glad. Mm. I picked up Carol in Hamilton and we stayed at her cousin Andrea's place for a few days. So we went to the true crime podcast meetup. Yep. And there was a a panel with uh, six people on stage. Yeah. There was Jordan from the Nighttime Podcast uh, in Nova Scotia. I really dig the Nighttime Podcast. And uh, he and I, for some reason, hadn't been able to connect really uh, Mm -hmm. as humans before. Well, a continental uh, do that. Yeah, a continent will definitely do that. But uh, I got to spend some time just chatting with him just briefly after. Mm -hmm. And I really dig him. Like he's he's a pretty great guy. And uh, I got to tell him that he's actually somebody who it was listening to his podcast that helped push me over the edge to get me to finally start to do this. Mm, Interesting. And it was his one specifically about the McDonald murders in Sydney, Nova Scotia, where he's from. And he was speaking to Fonce Jessam, who wrote a book. And Fonce Jessam is a well-known reporter from Mm. Nova Scotia. So, What a great name. Yeah, Fonce, right? Jessam. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so I I finally got to connect with Jordan and... uh, and, and tell him how great I think he is, you know, and he, he essentially facilitated the thing he, he emceeded a bit. Mm-hmm. He kept it running anyway. Uh, with him was of course, Christy Lee from the Canadian True Crime Podcast, yes, yes. who we've, we've, uh, had the pleasure of meeting a couple of times now. And, and, and I, I, I've listened uh, to all of her episodes finally. I'm uh, When I listen to pod, like I'm kind of like if I'm playing a video game or something, it's like I'm going to finish this game before I play the next. And so I kind of, it's what I do with podcasts. Yeah. Like, I run one right through and then I'll jump onto another. And, I, yeah. and I've gone through hers. I'm just a really big fan. Really, really, really big shoe. Really big shoe. Really, I think really she, big Australian shoe. I think her, her, her podcast is spectacular. Uh, I do too. I like it too. And also there was Robin Warder. Um, I, from the trail went cold. We mentioned him earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I also did that episode on Bruce MacArthur with him for Minds of Madness with with Tyler Allen. Yes. That was great seeing him again. Jack Luna was there from Dark Topic and as well his brother Leroy. Hi Leroy. You rock. Leroy's awesome. He loves dark poutine. He was he was telling me how much he really likes it. Leroy Jenkins? No, Leroy Jack Luna's brother. Oh, not Leroy Jenkins. I guess not. Uh, Nina Innested from Already Gone was there, as was Charlie from the Insight Podcast. And they put on a pretty good show, answering some questions from the audience, just talking a little bit about their shows and what their perspective was yeah. on certain sort of true crime questions. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was a, uh, it was really good. That sounds awesome. And then afterward, they introduced the other podcasters who happened to be there, and mm-hmm. and I was there. Sawyer Westbrook from Marble Garden. She's here in the Umber Yard. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. I've- 
Yeah. She uh, does a really great podcast about cemeteries. Whoa. And I have kind of side project that I've been thinking of, of doing one about death. And I think when it comes time to talk about cemeteries and, and funerals, I might actually... Uh, Dig into that resource. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for talk, sure. talk to Sawyer about it. For sure. She was interesting, for sure. I met Sarah from the Salty Canadian podcast. Okay. Yep. And, uh, of course, our, our friends from the Spoop Files. Oh, yes. They were there uh, <laughs> and gave me a book oh. on, on Oak Island. And oh. the, um, the Templar, the, the Templar connection yeah. Yeah. for Oak Island. Yeah. So I was so blown away. Thank you so much. They seemed excited to see me, so I don't know what's wrong with them. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a problem. So, like, nobody got excited about me on the bus. I didn't get excited about you on the no, bus. No, well, actually, did. I did. If, if, we if, didn't work the same shifts usually. But if we did, it was nice to see oh, each sure, other for on sure. the bus. We'd put on our headphones and do it. And, <laughs> and look and out the window. Look out the window. No, for sure, it was. But it's just like, again, I, I'm just the person you're sitting next to on the bus or in mcdonald's or something yeah so it's just yeah anyways well i got to see uh meet uh, again the hosts of uh crime 709 and that's a podcast about newfoundland crimes oh cool i'd met them uh at crime con in nashville oh, yes okay and i saw some other people who i recognized from nashville as well which was kind of interesting fans who were there mm. it was kind of cool yeah very so when they introduced dark poutine we got a big cheer and then Exciting. everybody said where's scott yeah well you know Kids, couch. Kids and couch. Yeah. That's where Scott was. Kids and couch. Uh, so afterward, I got to have some chats with some some of our fans and give some pins and, and, and stickers away. And Carol and Andrea got sick of waiting for me, so they went to eat Ethiopian food. Oh, that's good food, though. Right across the street. But interestingly, while we were there, we didn't hear about it until the next morning, 20 minutes away in Toronto was that big shooting that happened in Danforth. And that, that happened the night of this pot, this true I crime. I remember a lot of people message or like posting, like you guys all okay and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. So I, I got to post for the first time, which was kind of weird. Like Facebook said, do you want to let your friends know that you're safe? Yeah. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes, that's a good idea. But it was it was odd. It was an odd feeling to yeah. to know that that we we had been having so much fun talking about crime and an actual horrific <laughs> yeah. thing was happening. Yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes away. Very bizarre timing. So Carol and I drove from Toronto all the way to Quebec City. spent spent the night there. Went and saw my folks. Went to a wedding, Alan and Amy, in Summerside, which was a nice break. Mm. They're fantastic. Alan's family is Irish, so oh, wow. it was my first Irish wedding. Yep. And uh, let's just say if I were still imbibing, I'd probably still be drunk. Because <laughs> holy smokes, they know how to have fun. My God. Yeah, yeah, that was a great time. So congrats, Alan and Amy. You guys are awesome. Congrats. It's, it's Alan that used to work with us, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Well, big congrats then, buddy. Carol and I met up with uh, Krista and Lily from the 36 Times podcast at a pub in Kentville Ooh. while we were in NS. Ooh. And uh, we'd done an episode together before, so we knew, knew each other a bit. Yep. But we really, I really feel like we all hit it off. And they liked Carol and Carol liked them. They're who, who, who very... couldn't like Carol? She's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you seemed a little hesitant there. No, no, I was just like... I'm going to tell her once this is done. She'll hear it. 
She, well, she needs she, to know stats. She won't think that I paused and... No, she won't think that at all. No, when she listens, I'll just go, he edited it. There was like a minute. Pause. I'm not going to edit it specifically. Yeah, how will she know? Oh my. But anyway, so if you haven't heard the 36 times podcast, have a listen. I know we've mentioned it before. Sweet. Yeah, it's just like essentially. Yeah, that's a nice thing. And the love that we got. We got so much love. Uh, we had the Halifax meetup. My brother, uh, Baltic T. Warfrat. Yep. He's in the Umbriard as that. His name is Phil. I'm sorry, Phil, but I'm blowing up your spot. Yeah, you blew his cover, man. Blowing his cover. So his friends and him decided Uncommon Grounds on South Park Street would be a great place for this podcast meetup. And I thought, okay, sure. Why does that, why does the address sound so familiar? It was the building I lived in before I moved to British Columbia. Oh, wow. And I had totally forgotten. Like, so here I am full circle. Yeah. Coming back. Oh, wow. And I was thinking, what a different person I am. No kidding. I can imagine. <laughs> like, how long have, has that been? 25 years. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was 25 years August 1st. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was very, very, a weird feeling. And it's I like, bet. I said, Did the building, did everything you, look the same? The building, well, where we were used to be a swimming pool. So I take it you guys didn't meet up for a swim? No. Okay. <laughs> No, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Gina, a yumber yarder from Ottawa. Okay. She just happened to be in town, so Sweet. she came out. And Heather from the Left Behind podcast, she came out and we had a, a good chat about podcasting and stuff. That's awesome. Such a great uh, community. Oh my, it's amazing. On my way back, uh, I met with Sarah and her boyfriend James in Ottawa. Okay. And we, they took me out for a drink, like a sweetened tea. I think I had iced tea or lemonade. I can't oh, okay. remember which it was. Yeah. But it was at a really nice a local coffee shop there. And we were just steps away from Parliament. I got to hang out on Parliament Hill a little bit. And that, that's neat. I posted one of my pictures. I remember. I'd like to, it's a place I wouldn't mind just strolling around. I specifically didn't go on the tours or anything there because I want to wait until Carol and I can go back. And, mm, yeah, and that properly. makes sense. In Hamilton, I went back and I stayed with Carol's cousin who suggested Fortino's for our meetup. Uh, and I thought, what's Fortino's? And she said, it's a grocery store. Oh, okay. But it was this massive grocery store with this weird like food court inside it. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, it was the perfect place. Uh, Where was that, in Halifax? No, no, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. There, there was an H. <laughs> so we had a great time there. I met Sammy, Steph, and Tanya, who I'd already met. Yep. Uh, and the pizza was awesome. <laughs> I think they may have like one of those stone ovens, but... Sweet. Yeah. Next up, I went to Sault Ste. Marie, or the Sioux, as mm -hmm. I was told. <laughs> I met Samantha. She's one of our Patreon uh, prime ministers. Yes, yes. And she came alone to this Tim Hortons and we chatted for some time and I was concerned that she'd come alone to meet uh, an internet stranger obsessed with true crime. Yeah, when you look at it like on the outside. Sure. Sure. She said her huge boyfriend was waiting in the truck ready to pounce at the first sign of creepiness. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. I'm yeah. surprised he hadn't jumped then. No. <laughs> well, yeah, the mustache. Yeah. What, um, what more do you need? But she was a sweetheart. We we got to talk about a, a bunch of interesting things, and she brought uh, 
brought to my attention a really interesting case that we're definitely going to cover at some point. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so she she actually did a bunch of research and sent it to me today. And so um, thank you, Samantha. It was mm-hmm. nice to meet you. But most importantly, you guys just got engaged. So what? this big boyfriend uh, and her, Jake and Samantha, congratulations. Oh, congratulations, guys. That's, That's kind of so cool. Very, very awesome. I went on to meet another Yumber Yarder, Lee, and her partner in Winnipeg. They were a really sweet couple. Oh. Yep. They, uh, we just kind of hung out and shot the poo for a long time. And, oh. And then I drove them home. Because <laughs> why not? You were on a date. I, I, no. I had nothing, like, I mean, I had nothing better to do other yeah. than just go back to my hotel and sleep. Yeah. And so I thought, I said, how are you guys getting home? And they said, the bus. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> So, uh, you got to see the, uh, dark poutine vehicle. They got to see the, the poutine machine. <laughs> oh God. That poor car. It, it did, it did really well. You know, they say though, you shouldn't really drive a new car for a long distance for like 5k. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did. It's 2018. Screw the rules. And uh, so the last meetup that, uh, we had before I got home was in Calgary, and there we got to meet Navara and Milena. And I'd met Milena before mm-hmm. in uh, in cri- at CrimeCon. Oh, cool. Uh, I had my picture taken with her there, and then I took her picture with the guys from Generation Y because oh, okay. her mom didn't know how to work the camera. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was really nice to, to meet both of those folks, uh, Milena again and Navara, who's super interesting. And a very healthy individual who runs way too long. She does those crazy knee-knacker runs. I see her posts and stuff. It's really... It's, it's bonkers. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing that that a human who is... She is apparently in her right mind, according to what I could assess, oh, okay. that she would be able to run that, that far. It's really like, I'm really, uh, it's something that I am really impressed by because uh, I hate running. I did it for a while. Like I was able to get up to 10K a couple of times a week, but uh, then I remembered I'm lazy. Yeah, and there you stopped. go. So like it's for, like that's, I'm, I'm very impressed. Let's get to the meat of this episode. We're going to get into my interview with Jack Luna right after this. Here's Jack and I talking in the park near his place. Jack Luna, hello everybody. Hey Jack Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, should we speak to each other and not act like we're speaking outward into the ether? We we should speak to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, folks, it's me, Mike, from Dark Poutine here, of course, and I'm sitting here with uh, Jack Luna from Dark Topic. So, this is probably the darkest yeah. episode that you're ever going to hear. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, we'll see where it goes. It could be. Yeah. It could be. We're in a beautiful place right now, so it's going to be hard to be, be down and out. Right? That's right. So, we're, we're here in, the, in this park in, in Jack's hometown in the middle of nowhere, Manitoba. That's right. I thought you were going to... No, I'm Thought not going to blow up your spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the freaks to, let, to know where you live. Yes. No, I, just, uh, I was way more worried about that in the beginning than I probably should have been. Oh, yeah. You were just saying that you went with your real name right off the bat, but I, yeah. my real name's not Jack Luna. Spoiler alert. There you go. But uh, it's, a good, it's a good radio name, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
it's uh, it's working for me so far. But um, yeah, man, I, I started listening to your podcast pretty much right from the start. I appreciate that. Yeah, and like you're one of the you're one of the people who I listened to, and and I thought, okay, I like what this guy's doing. You've got that kind of like film noir, Mickey Spillane, hmm. pulp kind of feel to your your stuff that I I really dig. So That's high praise. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I was saying to you, I really enjoyed yours because it did feel like old time radio. It felt like um, your voice is very calming to me. And, uh, you know, I there they say that there's a lot of men out there doing doing true crime right now. Yeah. And sure, there is. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a shitload of women doing it as yeah, well. Absolutely. And um, the audience is like 98% women, too. Right. Interesting. It is interesting. Maybe we can get into that in a sec. But maybe two guys shouldn't be getting into that. <laughs> maybe in our, not. Our speculations. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't. Honest to God, I don't listen to a lot of true crime. Oh, interesting. I don't. And yours is what I do because it's very relaxing to me. You and your buddy Scott, right? Yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. Uh, Hemingway. So it's not spelled like Hemingway. It's, no, like Ernest. Yeah. Mm. Even though he he will say. <laughs> Some, he'll say sometimes that they're they are related. Well, your dynamic is great yeah. between you and Scott. I mean, the jokes you come up with, you can tell the com you're coming up with them on the fly. Yeah, um, I, I believe you are at least. I oh, don't, yeah, I don't think are. those are written, right? No. And uh, it just felt really genuine to me. I mean, I listened to True Crime Garage before that too, but uh, there. I'm a big fan of Nick, and the yep. captain can bother me sometimes. Like, he bothers everybody in his own way, but he's charming as well. The captain is the captain. The captain's the captain. Yeah. And you can't... Uh, he, he uses our favorite phrase, douche canoe, very frequently. <laughs> and so Scott, actually, is the first person I ever knew who used the phrase douche canoe. And it's like, fuck, we can't use it on our show because the captain uses it all the time on True Crime Garage. I thought he made that up. No, oh. no, douche canoe is a very, that's a very Canadian saying. I don't know where the captain came up with it. Maybe, wow. maybe he read Scott Hemingway's uh, Twitter at some point by accident. <laughs> I <don't know>. Stole it. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, man. So you're traveling from Nova Scotia back home, right? Yep. yep. And uh, you, we, we got a hold of each other. I saw you on Facebook and decided to stop by. So yeah, let's talk a little bit. I don't know. What do you want to talk about, man? Uh, I want to talk about the main thing I want to talk about is your your show and my my interest in your show is like your storytelling approach. Mm -hmm. Where did that where where was the genesis of that? Where did that come from? Okay, well, um, I've been writing since I was a little kid. Yeah, I I, I, I won an oral language festival when I was in grade four. Oh wow! And I was the only one who was writing stories at the time. Yeah, all the other. People were, were, they were doing other things. It was, you know, those little talent shows that sure. people do. Yeah. I did, my talent was just writing this story. It was called The Scratch. And at the end of it, there's this guy and he's, he's in a boat and a monster comes up and scratches the boat and blah, blah, blah. He wakes up, goes outside, goes down to the boat and he says, if it was all a dream, then why is there a scratch on the back of my boat? <laughs> and they ate it up, right? There you go. But it was grade four. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened, though, is that I ended up going to, to the finals or whatever. I get up on stage, and I forgot my lines. Oh, no. I was... Nothing came out of my mouth. Oh, that's the worst. I walked off stage. I walked off stage. And I think that haunted me for a really long time. Um, I continued to write, and I got into social services. And when I was about 14, 15, I remember clearly thinking to myself, I want to write. Yeah. I want to write when, I, when I'm older. I want to become an author. I want to be like Stephen King. Sure. Dean Koontz. Yeah. I think all, you know, young 
fictional people who are interested in creative writing probably do. Sure. And I said to myself, I don't have any life experience. So I'm going to go out there and get as much of it as I possibly can yeah. so that I have something to write about later. Yeah, absolutely. And by the time I turned about 35, 36, when I started this podcast, I figured I had enough material to start writing. So all the stuff that you hear me talking about, I kind of got in those situations hoping in the future to be able to tell those stories in some kind of venue. And true crime po podcasting came about. Yeah. And it just all fell into place, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the voice, the voice that you, do you have like particular inspirations that you, you look to? Uh, okay. Rod Serling from oh, uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, for sure. Huge. Uh, I love that guy. I mean, he's definitely dead by now. The amount of cigarettes well, that guy smoked. Yeah, right? he, he smoked like two, two, three packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huge fan of him. I just loved how he would come in, uh, you know, like the, the, the shit would be happening in the Twilight Zone and then suddenly he'd be there. Yeah. And it's like, what they didn't know was the end of the world was coming, right? And they're all sitting there like, huh? And they, yeah. they see him standing there. and It was just so odd, man. I, I really enjoyed that guy. His hand in his pocket, cigarette in the other hand. Uh, he was a big inspiration for sure. I really dug it, uh, that show too. And they, they're all streaming like on Netflix or oh, yeah. now. So you can you can watch every single episode. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The old William Shatner one with the thing on the wing. Oh, yeah. 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 Was that the, is that where that Gremlin story came from? Is that I that Gremlin? I do believe so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big fan of all that stuff. Also, we were just talking about how you and I both enjoy music from the 50s, right? Yeah. And that whole era and the whole feel of black and white and and uh, have... Scott will be happy to hear that because his camera I think is broken because it only takes pictures in black and white. My mine works very well. Right. I take pictures in color, but for some reason Scott doesn't see in color. I think he's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. <laughs> You're still cutting them up, oh, yeah. even from distance. Yeah, he's, he he'll be uh, he'll be listening to this episode just screaming at me. <laughs> uh, you Maybe know. I'll edit in like him going well. <laughs> awesome man yeah so i'm calling the any episodes that i'm doing while i'm on the road uh any kind of stuff like this i'm calling it scott free scott free scott free Give but i love scott i mean uh he uh he and i got into this because we worked at that telecom that i told you about uh he hired me there okay and yep. uh we ended up uh i worked my way up to the same position that he had and uh so we were, instead of like he was my boss, we were peers. And uh, we just became really, really good friends like over the over the eight years that we worked there together. And uh, we used to kind of hold court, you mm -hmm. know, like just our banter that people would just love to, to listen to our banter. And we would just sit there and bullshit. And yeah. it would, a crowd would gather kind of thing, just listening to us cut each other up and, awesome. and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time for me to okay, I want to do this podcast, I want to do this podcasting thing. I needed somebody who I could trust there, you know? Yeah. And uh, I needed I needed some support. I was too chicken shit, actually, to do it on my own. Okay, yeah. So now I'm, I'm pretty sure I could do a podcast on my own, but am I ever glad that I brought Scott on board because our dynamic has made that show, uh, this show, what, what it is? Uh, well, without he... him... You know, he's the audience's voice, right? Like, yes. he's saying those things. Yes. I bring him over and I tell him a scary story every week. And he's he's saying those things that the audience is thinking, right? Yes. So. Yeah. He's he's great. He kind of serves you up 
You know, he serves you up softballs and you knock him out of the park yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of really funny jokes, man. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, well, one of the funniest episodes people say was our recent one that we did about the gold, uh, the mint. Yes. The guy smuggling uh, gold up his ass out of the mint. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, one of our fans was laughing last night. I met her in, uh, in Winnipeg, uh, Lee Frazier. Hi, Lee. Uh, we, were, <laughs> we were uh, we were laughing about all the words for bumhole that I came up. Oh with. yeah, like, wink, you know, stinker winker, or some stink shit? winker, stinker. And <laughs> leather cheerio. And, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, well, you can really see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very descriptive. But, Gross. But yeah, so um, I mean, true crime. Why true crime? Well, where's this gonna play? Is this going to play on your podcast? Probably, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't talk about anything all that personal on my own because my, my family listens and all that. But, I, I'll, but I'll talk about it here if it's just going to go there. Um, I grew up in a, in a pretty dark situation. My, um, my uh, environment when I was a kid was abusive. Not towards me, but I saw a lot of violence. Okay. Uh, my dad went to jail for a while. And, and uh, you know, so, so my childhood was, was pretty, it was in flux a lot. Sure. You know, there, there was, I didn't really have a stable environment. You didn't know what to expect day to day. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, you know, I'd be running out of the house, going to call the cops from the age of four, you know, and, and, uh, running through buildings, trying to find the right door to knock on to get help. Yeah. Uh, trying to find a door of, of a person who I knew I could trust, who wouldn't tell anybody in the community about what was happening so much at the age of four thinking that way. Right. So. Um, I think that that did something to me. Uh, and then I ended up growing up around shitty people Yeah. because I was in a shitty neighborhood and I was always drawn to people with problems because I had problems on my own. Yeah. So I was consistently around crime, criminals, involved in it myself for, for quite some time. And uh, reading Stephen King and, and, and the characters and what they were going through, I could relate to a lot of them. Yep. Uh, so when it comes to true crime, to be honest with you, a lot of the criminals themselves, if you'll mm-hmm. notice, I do put a large focus on the, the killer that I'm talking about, their childhood, it, whatever. It's right? humanizing. It's humanizing. Yeah. 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 Because I, because I feel like I know, know those guys. Absolutely. But, and I, I would never go where they went, but I, but I do understand, um, the momentum of your past coming to maybe a point, a yeah. breaking point. Right? For sure. And a lot of us go the right way, but a lot of these guys obviously went the wrong way. Yeah. I also understand hating society and not being able to fit in and, you know, not understanding how some people get handed such great cards and some of us don't. Yeah. Um, you might be able to relate to that in, in I some way. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You said that you were you were adopted, right? Yeah, I'm, ad- I'm adopted. So I spent uh, a lot of my childhood uh, thinking that... I was I I was unwanted or unnecessary in the world. I was depressed when I was just a kid, right? So right. I lived in a world of darkness yes. early on. Yeah. Uh, I since found out, you know, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. My birth mom, she's she's uh, she follows the podcast. She listens regularly, kind mm-hmm. of thing, and uh, and uh, she made the best decision that she could, uh, considering her circumstances, right? Right. So, uh, I know that now, but yes. when you're a kid, 
Yeah. And especially with the, the sort of depressive bent that I already had. Yeah. I ended up walking down some pretty dark places uh, trying to uh, understand yeah. where who I was and where I came from and what my life was all about, right? So yes. I ended up, uh, you know, I was 11 years old thinking I was the only person on the planet who ever felt the way I felt and <clears throat> stuff like that and wanted to die and, yes. and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I, turned to, uh, I turned to some... Uh, self-medication let's yeah. just say and uh and uh life improved for a while i i found sort of a, a new normal it brought me up to normal right? yeah like it it dulled the pain long enough that i didn't have to uh i didn't have to deal with it for a while but eventually that stopped working you're 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 talking uh not preaching to the choir but you're talking to someone who's still in the choir i yeah. mean i'm sitting here drinking a beer at nine in the morning about to grab another one right <laughs> yeah and uh, hold on just one second but yeah it's um I grew up feeling the same way. I felt like I was uh, the only one who could understand me. Yeah. And that everybody else was, was uh, they didn't get how shitty things can be. Yeah. And um, I didn't, couldn't relate to anybody. And I, but fortunately for me, I do have a sense of humor. So I could self-deprecate. Yeah. I would tell a lot of the stories that happened to me in my childhood and and going along, and it would bring the house down. Like, I would yeah. make my friends laugh yeah. with the horrible shit that yeah. happened because it's so ridiculous that they would just be like, holy fuck. And, and, and I started getting attention from the poor things that happened to me yeah. and used them almost as a strength socially for myself. But like you, I uh, got involved. You know, I drink. I've been drinking like crazy from pretty much my whole life. I'm hoping to slow down at some point. But unlike you who have, who have, who have come out of that dark place, I'm still there in some some sure. some ways, yeah. and that's helping my podcast. I think. <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, I'm I'm very familiar with the with that darkness still. I can still get there, like even though I've been you know clean and sober a very long time, but I can still get to that place. It's just never quite as extreme as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I I can't forget it. Otherwise, I'm I'm destined to head back that way. Yes. You know so. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like dark things. Uh, I've always been attracted to, to darkness. My, I mean, my grandmother grew up next, or my grandmother lived next door to a funeral home when I was growing up. Right. And she used to answer the phone sometimes for the for the dead phone. Yeah, the dead phone. They got one in town here. Yeah, exactly. You hear it ring when you're drinking outside the Legion, and there's the place right there. You hear it go off, you're like, oh, someone died. The dead phone. The dead phone. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know... Um, she would help them and then she also was the deputy registrar in our home county so she did all the birth certificates and death certificates and wedding certificates for people so she knew who was coming and who was going you know you know what i mean so uh yeah she she was uh connected to everything but in her house um she had old uh, do you know who max haynes is that sounds familiar but no so he's a newspaper writer who wrote true crime, Canadian true crime. Okay. And uh, I would pick up these like old newspaper articles in her house and just obsessively like 10 and 11 years old reading this true crime stuff. And yep. I, I just, I loved it. Like yep. I just, it just clicked with me right away. And so I started reading more and more and more of his stuff. And then I found things like, you know, Helter Skelter when I was first introduced to the the book mm-hmm. Helter Skelter. Yeah, me too. Uh, that would that blew my mind. The and Manson then, family. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, um, that blew my mind. Well, I was born 
three days after the Manson murders. So they happened on August 8th. I was born on August 5th. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I really related to that time and I was working hard to become a hippie. Yeah. You know, yeah. With the chemicals that they were. Uh, yeah. You're talking about acid and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of it myself. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, we did that uh, one episode, the, the Acid Al episode where. I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. You check it out. Mm-hmm. So essentially in Vancouver, uh, just outside of Vancouver in a little town, a little city called New West, which is actually the oldest city in, in uh, British Columbia, they were turning people on to, with LSD and Timothy Leary was there and wow. like the whole, the whole, the whole scoop. So that's one of, one of our episodes, but I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did a lot of acid. I started doing it when I was I've been grade Eight, I did my first hit of acid. Oh, my goodness. My first day of grade nine, I was on acid. Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah. I was selling it, you know, fucking super involved. And I didn't do a lot. I would kind of, like, take one hit, and it would it would smooth me out for the day. I wasn't seeing demons yeah. and all that shit. All it did for me is I would pop a half of it, and I would get on my bike, and I would feel so free. Suddenly my mind would like a forest fire went over my mind and all the shit that was clogged up in my mind suddenly was freed up and broken apart and I could see everything very clearly. Well, that's what these therapists were trying to do in, in, uh, in New West was to help people have that experience, yeah. to, to open them up, to like to deflate their ego to the point where it didn't bother them anymore and they could see the world you know, yeah, clearly, kind and of thing. I think in the right doses, they were onto something. If, yeah. if you if you dose yourself properly with it, we're not in, no endorsing. We're not in any way, <laughs> no shape or form. Don't do it. I mean, do it, but yeah, it's <laughs> it, like <laughs> I remember being in a field one time, a cornfield, and uh, there was a highway nearby. Yeah, and I was out there by myself, probably on like two hits of acid or oh, something boy. like that. And I'm walking through the field, and I'm feeling how ancient the earth is for the first time. And I think we're born and, you know, we don't live very long. Sure. There's only about 30 years where you're really making an impact in this life. Yeah. And I was seeing how little impact most of us are having. Looking at that highway and seeing those people driving home from work and I'm watching them from the, from the cornfield and I'm looking at all their faces, unhappy, unhappy, unhappy. Right. You know, just yeah. stuck in traffic. Yeah. They're probably headed home to watch TV. And then that occurs to me. I wonder what they're doing in their homes. So I get out of the cornfield and I start walking around the suburb, <laughs> looking in people's windows, taking a tally of how many people are watching TV. Luckily, the police weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> weren't around. So that's how I really got my start in true crime. I was a peeping Tom. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. No, but they were all watching TV. So they go from this job, they go home, they get sucked into the television. And it's this crazy, I, I realize that we're just kind of ants, you know. Yeah, that, totally. It's a rat race. It's a complete rat race. Yeah. And I didn't want to be a part of it. No, me neither. And that's kind of why I want to do this as what I do. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm my own guy. I get to do kind of my own thing. I don't have to... I mean, obviously, I, I, have, I have to still pay the bills and, and right. those kind of things. But I'm in a position now where it's, it's able to happen... Uh, and I'm able to able to do whatever I want right now. Like I just yeah. drove across the country. I took a month to drive across the country yeah. and just fart around and yeah. you know come talk to people and and stuff like that. It's been an amazing trip. Like I've learned a lot about myself too doing it. It's like, oh, 
oh, I'm actually a pretty happy guy now. Good. You know, you know what I mean. Me like, too. Yeah. Me too. And uh, speaking about how we both come from a dark place, and, and and it's rare for guys like us to end up in in a spot like this at our age. You yeah. know, usually you're you're pretty old, like in your 60s. By the time you really start to figure things out, they yeah. say that they say that you figure it out. On your way out, <laughs> ready to kick the bucket. You know, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. If I can go back and talk to myself back then, if I knew what I knew now, yeah, uh, back then, and I'm I'm trying to get to the point where I know those things now. Yeah, right. And uh, drugs did help me get uh, speed sure. that up in in some ways, um, but you know you can't do it forever. No. I know that too. No, it, you it'll cannot. eat you up. It'll eat you up. Yeah. So uh, another reason I get into the true crime is uh, I talked about my own experience with uh, a guy trying to kidnap me in uh, in our tenth episode. Okay. It's called Mike Met a Monster in 1981. I didn't hear that one either. Yeah, that one'll that one'll mess with you a bit. Okay, because it was it was really difficult for me to talk about because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't ever talked about it publicly. Mm-hmm. I even had to say okay scott i'm gonna do this by myself and then you you could he's gonna he's he bookends it right like he's there for the first he goes home and then we come back and talk about cool my my uh my story after he he sort of hears what it was about okay so, so what happened do you mind i mean the, yeah everybody's I mean, probably like, heard about it yeah everybody's it. heard about it so okay. um Essentially, I was walking home from a night of playing uh, floor hockey with my buddies and a guy... I played floor hockey, too. Couldn't afford fucking regular hockey. Yeah. Is that what happened to you? No, no. Is it okay for me to swear? We could have... Yeah. Okay. Fuck, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could afford it. I was just too lazy to play hockey. And my... Uh, I was a nerd. Right. My ankles bent when I skated mm-hmm. and, like, all that kind of shit. Like, I just was not... I was not athletic at all. Like I a could, baby giraffe on skates? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could run, but... Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I couldn't run on skates if my ankles are all bent over. It's just not happening. <laughs> but uh, so we're up playing floor hockey. It's like 1030 at night. Charles and Diana had just gotten married that day. Mm. So I remembered the like the anniversary of this happening. Every time their wedding is on TV, it's like they're in my face kind of thing. Wow. But uh, I noticed this person walking down the hill. Uh, it's late at night, like 1030, 11 o'clock. And I'm, I'm like 11 years old, right? Yeah. And I had never had a bad experience. Right. You know, like never had a bad experience with an adult. Right. Up until that point. And something in me knew you need to stay away from this person. Yeah. Just the red flags were flying and the alarm bells, like my spidey senses were tingling, right? Yeah. And I kept walking. And so I started to walk as walk faster, and I noticed this guy was walking faster, and he's starting to catch me. And I was like, shit, like I can't walk any faster, and he's catching up. Right. So I thought, I'm gonna, I'm like any good uh, prey mm-hmm. would do, I wanna put him in front of me so I can watch what he's doing. And so I bent down to tie my shoe, and I, I feel this guy's eyes on me as he walks by and I, I could feel like the weird whatever the fuck. like there's a you probably felt like you said like prey there, there probably is some deep and great instinct Absolutely. in us that recognizes danger something in, in my amygdala is like yeah. firing away there's a wolf yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and uh so he walks by me and he slows down as he goes by and i'm just i'm taking like 
five minutes to tie my shoe if that's what it takes. And uh, he gets by me, and five minutes. Yeah, at this <laughs> at this point, at this point, it's not that long. But at this point, like uh, we're probably two hundred meters from my my parents' place, mm-hmm. and there's a, a road, and then a small park, and then three houses, and my parents is the third house, and. He, this guy turns up this road, and it's a dead-end road. And I know everybody who lives on that road because it's my neighborhood. And this guy isn't one of them. And yeah. I think, something's not right. He walks up a little ways, and just as I'm about to get to the road, he turns back, and he starts to walk toward me. And he says, do you have the time? Mm. And I say, yeah, I guess it's like 10.30, quarter to 11, something like that. He says, isn't it? Isn't it awfully late for someone your age to be out here? That's the creepiest shit stuff that he's saying to you. It's right like, there. and you hear it in true crime over and over yeah. and over again. It's like Ted Bundy with his, will you help me with my sailboat? Oh, yeah. You know, or I've got a busted arm or like, and what time is it is a big one of yes. predators. They will use that over and over. You have the time. Right. And uh, so he says that to me and I'm, I'm talking and before I know it, he's got me and he puts my arm behind my back. And there's this park here, and it's like all wooded area, like dark, dark wooded area. Right. And he says, don't scream or I'll break your fucking arm. And I said, okay, <laughs> to myself and my Jesus head. And, like, and he's pushing me as, as fast as he can into these in toward these woods. And we have about, I don't know, like 100 feet before we get there. And I asked him, what are you going to do to me? Yeah. And he says, I'm going to take you in the woods. I'm going to suck your cock. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i 11. Yeah. This is my first experience. Like, I'm a, I was a naive 11-year-old. I came from a very sheltered, safe town. And I had never had anybody say anything sexual to me ever. Mm. I realize it's not sexual now. It's about power and control right. and, and violence. Yes. Uh, but that was my first experience with any of that kind of stuff was this guy. And I don't know what it was or where I found it myself, but I just started to scream and just broke away from the That's guy what you and, do. and ran. Right? Yeah. And he ran off another way. I saw another guy walking down the hill, but he was one of the mentally handicapped kids from the special education uh, right. class in school. So he was never going to be able to identify this guy, right? Right. Like, he wouldn't have been, been able to be a, a credible witness. Right. So I went banging on the door and we went looking for this guy and... Uh, didn't find that's a close call yeah but anyway it messed me up like it it really messed me up I questioned my sexuality and like all that kind of stuff and we ended up uh, sorry for telling us all again folks but no I'm sorry I mean (laughs) I know I haven't I haven't heard it before yeah yeah so we ended up uh, I don't know I ended up learning who he was like I haven't told people this on the podcast, but I know where he lives. You do? I absolutely know where he lives. I know his phone number. I know his mailing address. That's prank call him right now. Uh, That'd be a good pod. Yeah. No, uh, no, that's that's <laughs> messed up, man. Yeah, but, uh, you know, um, I reported it to the police later on. I reported it once I actually found his name, which was like uh, 15 years after. Right. And, or maybe even 20, but... Because of the time that had passed, and I couldn't identify him in a in a lineup. Yeah. Because they gave me this lineup. Uh, with this guy was there, and I know which picture it was now. Thinking about it, but the pictures that they gave me was like pictures from now, like twenty years later. 
how am I going to recognize this guy? Give me a picture of him from then. Sure. You know? Of course. But There's a lot that bothers me about that story, but I think that the main thing is the way that he did the time deal with you, how quickly he grabbed you and pushed you into the woods. All that kind of feels like it wasn't his first time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was a victim of opportunity, like uh, uh, FBI profiler. Jim, Jim Clemente talks about Jim Clemente. That. Oh, yeah. 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 And he went through some similar stuff when he was a kid, like he was molested and all that kind right. of stuff. But he went through that with somebody who was grooming him, right? Mm hmm. And I don't, I think that this guy was one of those type of guys too, because when I found out who he was, uh, the girlfriend I had at the time, she had been molested by her uncle from the time she was two until she was 16. And here was a photo of her uncle, this creep, standing with my creep. Wow. Right? And that's how I found out his, his name, because she told me his name. And I was like, Is, does that guy do the things? And she's like, yep. Yeah. So he was well-known, and cops said he's well-known to them as well. But it's, I don't know if he's ever done time or anything like that. That's crazy. Uh, like, you, you know, as well as anybody, as we all know that there are um, gangs of these guys. That's not the right word, but they're, they're organized. Birds of a feather, right? Yeah. Like, and the, the internet has, has allowed for, uh, I think, like a, a larger, a, like a safer place for them to network, especially like Tor and the dark web and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, definitely. But... Um, well, the funny thing about that, sorry to cut you off, no, but no. The, uh, the thing I've been thinking about lately, and I've never voiced this on my own podcast, I say a lot of things that people don't agree with on my, on my podcast, but it comes from my personal experience, I guess. I feel that when the internet came about and there's more access to child pornography and all that shit, the advent of the internet and, and that being available has uh, stemmed some of these guys going out and having to do it for themselves. We they can, can just hold. live it, live through these other guys doing it to other people. I, I've seen a documentary where they actually uh, talk to pedophiles. Right. And, and one of them said he, he knows he's a pedophile, but he has never practiced pedophilia because he can access that on the internet. Right. And that kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, like... It's gross. It's disgusting. It's very disgusting. Yeah, man, it is. I'm glad he didn't get you. Well, me too. Yeah, you might not be here today. Yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? Where? Well, if know. you saw his face, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things, like with uh, BTK, when BTK went into that house and he had no mask on. Yeah. We know now. I learned from the Otero's experience, right. Joseph Otero's experience, where he thought, okay, I'll just give this guy what he wants so he he can get out of here. The thing he didn't recognize was that he, I saw his face. face. Yeah. And if you see their face. You got to be prepared to fight, fight like hell, because it's likely that he's not going to leave a witness around. Right. You know, if right. a guy's got a mask on, he's robbing you, doing shit. I mean, by all means, go along with it. Yeah. No mask. No mas. What's, what does no mas mean? <laughs> no, no mercy. I think it's no more. No more. Okay, so no more. You know, no mask, yeah. no mas. Yeah. Uh, you got to fight like hell. Stay paranoid. Stay paranoid. It's, no shit. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And and this whole true crime thing, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I, I'm looking for it everywhere now. If I see somebody talking to a kid, an, an older man talking to a kid, immediately I'm not thinking, oh, look at that sweet old man and yeah. viewing some of his uh, uh, wisdom upon this child. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, he's grooming him and he's trying to get him you know, into a compromising situation. Well, it's, with somebody with a mustache like mine, like I'm a... Like I'm a 
a yeah. short, fat, mid forties guy, right? Right. And if I have a conversation with a kid in the park, right, somebody is going to think, "Oh, look at the pedophile." You can't do that. No, no, you can't do that anymore. Right. Uh, I used to be involved in Boy Scouts. Like I, I loved scouting. Like I liked camping. I liked the whole like orienteering, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And I never had a bad experience with any of my scout masters. They were all fine, upstanding yeah. men yeah. who, you know, taught me what it's what it meant to, you know, go out and live in the wilderness kind right. of thing. Right. I looked at becoming a scout leader at one point, but because there's such a huge focus now on your personal life and like you're under a microscope. Yeah. Just because I don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. So why do you want to get involved in scouting? Totally. You're some sort of pervert. Yeah. You know, you know, so I haven't been able to follow kind of one of the things that I've always wanted to do just out of self-preservation. It's, and I don't want to be put through, put into a situation where maybe some kid lies. Yeah. You know? Oh, and it happens. It does happen. Um, people do a lot of things to, to get attention nowadays, and, and kids especially. I mean, I lied a lot when I was a kid to get attention, I think. Me too. Because you're insecure, right? And, yeah. and you want that focus on you to feel more secure about yourself. Yeah, and you want people to, to not know what's really going on with you. That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too, man. But with, with uh, minister, you know, priests... Uh, Boy Scout leaders, all that kind of stuff. There is definitely a big stereotype on them. Absolutely. On the, on the men. Which is sad because there's probably some decent people among there. I bet you 95%. Probably. 98%. But yeah. those 2%, you know. God, because th- what a place to, to put yourself in that type of situation alone with eight boys in the woods in the middle of the night. What better place yeah. to start, you know, Absolutely. making your fucking creepy moves? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, none, none of that stuff ever happened to me. The closest I came, I worked at a pizza shop where a guy that worked there, he used to sit with me and talk and get all my shit out of me. And Oh, yeah. Then he started... That's grooming. He was grooming me, and he yeah. started saying, hey, do you masturbate? Oh, yeah. And I was, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, but, this, uh, you know... I don't even talk about that with disgusting. my wife. Uh, yeah, but I'll talk about it here on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, <laughs> uh, and this is really disgusting, and you can cut this if you want. No, I won't. He asked me to masturbate into a milk jug for, milk bottle for him and leave it on his doorstep every day. He was he was joking, I think. He was like he was trying to make a joke, but that's he was telling me to see that, maybe to see how far he would go. That's what he was doing. He was pushing me to see, and I laughed at it, and it made me uncomfortable. Um, and then he pushed further because yeah. I, I didn't go. You're disgusting. He You're a piece of shit. Your boundaries. I accepted it. I accepted him being that way because oh, wow. I was very accepting of fucked up people because of the way that I had grown sure. up. I was around them all the time. Yeah. My dad being one of them. Um, so I was kind of used to these weird characters. So yeah. he eventually realized that he couldn't push me to those limits. Yeah. And he kind of befriended me and became friends. But I watched him do it to other kids. He went down to the basement with a kid with a 15-year-old one time at the pizza shop. Yeah. And uh, I told his partner, he was he was homosexual, uh, and he went down and broke it up, right? Oh, wow. But he, apparently this guy had been in trouble in Detroit for similar stuff and so I was wow. around a predator I was around a predator for a couple of years there and then they they disappeared like gypsies in the night they they said they would at some point and they did they just disappeared when the heat got too uh too hot 
So I feel guilt about that. I know that that guy did some shit to some kids and I didn't speak up. Yeah. I only told his partner who got but him. But that's something. I, at least I stopped it for a few, for those yeah. kids in my neighborhood. Yeah. But he went somewhere else and did it again. I'm, I'm certain of it. Yeah. They're, they're not everywhere, but they are out there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So what else you want to talk about? What we cover? Fucking uh, we covered pedophilia. Pedophilia, <laughs> heavy for some reason. Some drugs. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I mean this is this is kind of the this is the kind of stuff that that people want to know. They want. I mean, they. I think that's why we have done so well is because we're we try to be real people right. on our show. Yeah, and I want people to know me as a real human being, and people have said it feels like. You're sitting there telling me this story when you're telling me the story. And it's like, that is what I'm after. I want to make people feel something. I want to feel... I think connection is a big, big thing in this world. and A lot of people feel disconnected. Right. And if I can make somebody feel connected to something or someone yes. for just a few moments... I've succeeded in my life. That's that's the same thing that I'm trying to do. Um, it's not the reason why I started this. The reason is because I like being creative and yeah, I want to make some money or or not make some money, but have a career uh, where it doesn't feel like work every day. You know, yeah. it's just something that I enjoy doing, and for the moment, that's what it is. But I do get a lot of messages from people saying thank you for yeah. voicing a certain opinion or whether or not they agree with it. I mean, I'm pretty hard in religion a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and my reasoning for that is, is I just want people to feel that they can be open-minded and challenge the Absolutely. things that might've been ingrained in them Dogma. when they're young. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate all that shit. Dogma's bullshit. It is. <laughs> like, like, find, like, don't just believe it because they tell you to believe it. Find what you really believe in your own heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can create your own religion for yourself. A, a set of values, a set of parameters around yourself. Um, big thing for me is is finding the people in your life, friends, family. You know, family's overrated. Family, you know, you're you're born into it, obviously. Yep. And I don't need to tell you that you're adopted. Yeah. But like you, you think that you need to listen to your parents or listen to your minister if you go go go. Sure. To, you know, all these people who are above you. Otherwise. You've done something wrong. You're you're going to hell or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I like the idea of finding like-minded people and creating my own kind of little not cult, but just just people around me that I know are supportive of me. Shrink your world. You know, shrink your world and have people that care about you and support you, and and you can speak to them about anything that you that you want. And through true crime podcasting, I'm trying to attract those those people on a larger scale. Yeah. Same. And not have to be around them all the time, but I can speak. I have a lot of conversations with these people now through email and yeah. and just messaging on you know Messenger and stuff, and and uh, it makes you feel feel better about about your own life and your own your own thoughts and feelings, and and uh, you're able to open up that much more. There you go. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Uh, thanks for stopping by too. It's a real pleasure. Appreciate it. We'll talk a little bit more. Okay. All right. So before we go, we want to talk about uh, we we have a lot of Patreon shoutouts to catch up on. So we're gonna do uh, probably ten now. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm I'm blown away by the level of support that you folks have given us, even in our absence. Thank you, thank you so much. It's it's I'm so excited by our our community. Just a great group of people. So Lisa Oz from Hawthorne, 
in Victoria, Australia. Oh, cool. Thank you very much, Lisa. Yes, Lisa, thank you. Marty Dolezal from Seattle, Washington. Hi, Marty. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. I didn't even struggle with that name, which is interesting. It may be this vacation cleared my brain. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. Uh, Tessa Sykes. Oh, yes, that's Joel Sykes' uh, wife. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Tessa. Great friend of mine, and Tessa is just a gem. Joel is a great guy. Oh, one of the best. So, Tessa, you you won the you won the hub and lottery there, I think. Oh no, uh, having met her, he won. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. She's I the prize, not not Joel. Well, he is. I don't know. Oh, he's a wonderful man. I like him. Oh, he he's one of my favorite. Constance Pulley, from Waterloo, Ontario. Well, welcome, Constance. Where my cousin Pete lives. Oh, sweet. A fave. Oh, boy. Do it. I'm going to try this. Do it. Fauve Schurman. Oh, it's a, I'll go with that. From Edmonton, Alberta. So, surprisingly, somebody from Edmonton became a patron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I think Edmonton is beginning to realize we really do love you, too. Absolutely. Yes. Michelle Ray from Magnolia, Texas. Hey, Michelle. I like magnolias. Yeah. We have magnolia trees that grow right out here on the on the boulevard. That's beautiful. Yeah, I go take pictures of them. You've seen them. Oh, I'm sure I have. I don't pay attention to what flowers want. I just think they're beautiful, Mike. I appreciate them all. I take pictures of the flowers. And so we'll end uh, this week's shout-outs with Karen, Kara Van Dam from Reston, Virginia. Hey, Kara. Oh, to heck with it. We'll do one more. And Jenny Becker. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Thank and you, Jenny. And looks Kara. like you are from New Zealand, which is whoa. Yeah, I love I love how uh, how many fans we have. Yeah, totally. In uh, that area, the Australias and the New Zealands. Do you want to keep going? Why not? Let's All do right, it. let's do it. Amanda Newman. Welcome, Amanda. From Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. I drove through Wisconsin. I don't remember Chippewa Falls. Why does Chippewa Falls sound familiar? It does sound familiar. Hmm. Anyways, Kelly welcome. Kelly Simmons. She's from Rochester, New York. Hey, Kelly. And my buddy, Jack Luna. Jack the Jack the Luna. From Manitoba. Sure. He, yeah. That's, yeah. That's how it's said. Manitoba. I know. There were flies biting our legs. It is one of the worst for for mosquitoes and flies. And and Jack took a picture of uh, me, or he, I guess it was his mom, must have taken a picture of the two of us sitting in lawn chairs looking at our phones. Yeah. Not engaging in each other's company at all. 2018. But we went out for, uh, he took me out for poutine. Wow, that is, that's what it should be. That's what it should be. So thank you, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Uh, Natasha Donahue. Hey, Natasha. Whoa. From Barhead, Alberta. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Samantha Cass from Mississauga, Ontario. Samantha, thank you. Now I'm, it's like I've been through so many different places now. It's like, oh yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually know where places are. Uh, Samantha Cass. Yeah. We mentioned her. We did. Well, might as well do it twice. (laughs) Jessica Landry from Montreal, Quebec. Thank Welcome, you, Jessica. Jessica. Uh, Adrian Nowicki. 
Well, welcome. Another person from Edmonton. So my Edmonton apology worked. It did. It did. Maybe we'll do a meet and greet someday in Edmonton. And one that surprised me when I saw it happen was, um, interestingly, uh, Pippa Woodward, who is my buddy from that telecom that we used to work at. Oh, okay. Well, hey, Pippa. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. So she lives here in Vancouver. Sweet. So thanks, Pippa. We mucho gracias. We totes do. We totes. I don't know what that meant. And the other Mike Brown. Oh, battle for the Brown. Yeah, interesting. Um, Josina Debris, and she is from Vancouver. Welcome, Josina. Holy cow, this is good. It just goes on and on. This is because we haven't done it for a month. Yeah. Alyssa Forvor from Clifton Park, New York. Welcome, Alyssa. I have never been there. Me neither. Paige. And she is from Columbia, South Carolina. Fantastic. South Carolina. Fantastic. You know what? I love that. If I could have an accent, it would either be Australian Mm -hmm. or South Carolina. Hmm. I don't know why. I just love it. Uh, What I've learned is Australians don't like to say uh, T's. They pronounce them D's because every time I'm hearing like, so the 14, it's a 14, 14, 14, I can't even do it, but it's 14, 14, like, yeah. yeah. It was 14 times. Exactly. Casey from Case File. I love that guy's voice. I have, unless the one I'm currently binging through. Shelly Smith from Seattle. Hey, Shelly. Laura Simonson, or Simonson, I guess, I from Victoria, BC. Hey, Laura. Natalie Chap- Chapin. Welcome, from Natalie. Spokane. Oh, Great and place. I was, I know where Spokane is yes, now. As you should. Yeah. I stayed at the, uh, the, the Ruby Hotel in downtown Spokane. It was cool. really nice. Very cool. <clears throat> Sarah Ann, she's from Woolrich, London in Great Britain. Hey, Sarah. She is English, I would assume. Well, I think, yeah, I'm... I think that's safe because to Great Britain, like correct? That. Correct. So perhaps she'll join the Umbriard and explain uh, what is the difference between tea time, supper time, and lunch time. Oh, I, I need to know these things without having to Google them. Oh, Thanks. yeah. <laughs> if you can get it from a source, not not an internet, then you know exactly better. Trisha English, and she is from Halifax. Thank you so much. I love. When I get a little bit of love from Nova Scotia, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess it's because I was born there. I just, I just, it warms me up a little bit. Yeah, I get it. Tina McKenzie, and she's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Hey, Tina. Uh, Jillian, and she is from Saint Thomas, Ontario. Oh, and well, lastly, Michelle Curtis. I wonder if she's related to Bill Curtis. Uh, from the, uh, the true crime show. What was that one on A&E many years ago? I'm Bill Curtis. Cold Case Files. And, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, yeah. I loved his voice. Yeah. And, uh, one of Carol's, uh, former co-workers said that was her boyfriend. Bill Curtis was her boyfriend mm-hmm. because she loved his voice so much. Mm-hmm. So. Welcome anyway. everybody. Thank so, you all. We really appreciate welcome, it. Welcome, Michelle. So there we go that we have come to the end of, uh. End of that, I do believe. If I missed you, message me and say, Mike, you dumb dumb. Well, or 
Mike, you missed me. Or, Mike, you mispronounced my name. Thank you so much for all your pledges. We really appreciate it. And like I say, we are blown away. If you want to donate to us uh, you and haven't done so yet, you can do so at patreon.com slash darkpoutine or send us some donut money via PayPal at our email address, darkpoutinepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.darkpoutine.com for show notes and other cool stuff. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Dark Poutine and tell your friends about us. Especially fun, as we've mentioned many, many times, is our closed Facebook group, The Umber Yard. We're over 750 people in there. It's a growing. 750. My daily notifications make me, uh, I believe it. Bonkers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast directory like iTunes Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. We'll be back next week with another case. We totes will. Don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple, folks. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Go shit in your hat.